about goals the last couple of weeks goals and if you'll remember uh in the in the first goals part one we talked about the 10 steps to goal setting uh the 10 steps to goal setting i've had great conversations with a lot of you over the last uh couple of weeks after this you know the 10 steps to goal setting and looking at at the broader picture and then ultimately you know coming up with four goals that you can work on now that you can really get emotionally attached to the outcome uh, that's uh, really a key to that. If you haven't seen that, go back and watch Goals Part 1. Uh, in Goals Part 2, we talked about grit. And uh, many of you went online and took that grit test that Angela Duckworth has sent me your numbers. we got some gritty people in the organization. And I know we do because it's part of what we do here. I mean, if you're not gritty, this you either become gritty or you don't last. I mean, it's it's uh, we're, we're constantly calling people we don't know and convincing them to buy things they didn't know they needed. You know, like it's that's grit, right? That's uh, that's a thing like uh, following up with an underwriter, right? And getting that underwriter to agree with you. That, that policy needs to be issued. That takes grit. Grit's a big piece uh, in, in the in the goals world. So if you haven't seen goals, part two, go back and watch goals, part two. But today we're going to talk about goals, part three. And this is combining grit and goals. So uh, if you haven't seen Goals Part 1, go check it out. If you haven't seen Goals Part 2, go check it out. Uh, I think this video stands on its own. This training stands on its own without you watching the other two. But this really is combining those two things. And I, I've actually renamed it from Goals Part 3. I've renamed it to Are You the Unabomber? Are You the Unabomber? So um, I got to give credit where credit is due. I love doing that. Uh, this book uh, has been a, an eye-opener for me. It's written by Peter Thiel. Uh, it's called Zero to One. Peter was uh, one of the, what they call the PayPal Mafia. Uh, those guys who came together and built PayPal, became billionaires. Uh, Elon Musk with Tesla is another one uh, in that group. Uh, an interesting group of people uh, that, that came together as the PayPal Mafia. This is notes on startups or how to build the future. So uh, Peter Thiel wrote this book about starting a company. Um, it, it's not necessarily um, it, it's not necessarily a book that I would ordinarily recommend you read. There's lots of books that you need to read before you read this one, most likely. Uh, but ask me about it. And if you want to read it, nobody's against it. But it is focused on startups. You're not necessarily in a startup. Uh, you are um, a startup is is uh, a, a company that is starting from brand new. We we're, you're, we're, we've got 20 years at this. Uh, but the concept behind zero to one is, uh, Peter says, when a lot of people are, are starting a startup, what, they're, what most of them do is they're really just trying to improve on an idea that already exists. Uh, and that's what, where most startups fail. Because the successful startups really are the ones who start with nothing and, and, and come up with something. And so that's what the book is about. It's, it's fascinating. Uh, I did find little pieces here or there that really applied to our business, and, uh, and we've, we've tried to implement those. Uh, one of the things that uh, I'm constantly encouraging agents to do is think outside the box. You own your own business. You don't necessarily have to you know, make the wheel shinier, and you don't necessarily have to reinvent the wheel, but there may be something uh, that, uh, that is not being used by the Fitz Group or, or by our industry that actually applies perfectly to it. So I love talking to people who are in business. 
I don't like zeroing in my conversations with people who are just in my industry because that ends up giving us a very homogenized thought process rather than thinking of the things outside of our world that might apply here. For example, we use Slack in, on the Fitz group. It's our, our group communication. A, a, a friend came in who is one of the guys who helped develop WebMD. Super smart guy. He's like, what are you using for your, uh, your, your team interactions? What, what communication to us? I think we're using GroupMe is what we're using at the time. He said, no, no, no. You're using Slack. Use Slack. I promise you just use Slack. I was like, okay. So we started using Slack a few years ago, and we've not regretted one second of it. Matter of fact, I feel like I've turned other people on to Slack because I'm such a fan of it. That's an example. Of, of taking an idea from outside of our industry and applying it inside of this. So that's what this book has done for me and a lot of the thoughts I'm going to share with you today are from this book. So the Unabomber. Uh, the Unabomber looks very similar to a Starbucks barista these days. Uh, those are side by side. But uh, Unabomber on the left, those who remember uh, the Unabomber and being in the news, you remember this picture. They are always looking for this guy and you're like, oh my gosh, every time I go into Starbucks, I see that guy. Uh, but uh, the Unabomber... Anyway, are you the Unabomber? Most people act as if hard things uh, to do are also impossible things to do. Most people think that hard equals impossible. If it's hard to do, it must be impossible to do, right? So an extreme representative of this view is Ted Kaczynski, infamously known as the Unabomber. Uh, Kaczynski was a child prodigy who enrolled at Harvard at 16, super smart dude, went on to get a PhD in math and become a professor at UC Berkeley. Best known for his 17-year terror campaign against professors, technologists, and business people. We'll explain why in a second. His brother turned him in based on a 35,000-word manifesto that Kaczynski mailed to the press. So Kaczynski wrote this 35,000-word document, hand-wrote it, sent it to the press. His brother saw it and said, that's my brother's handwriting. His own brother turned him in. Kaczynski claimed that in order to be happy, check this out, Every individual needs to have goals whose attainment requires effort and needs to succeed in attaining at least some of his goals. This is a direct quote from his 35,000-word manifesto. In order to be happy, every individual needs to have goals whose attainment requires effort and needs to succeed in attaining at least some of his goals. I, I, I read this and I go, am, am, am I a potential Unabomber? Because I don't disagree with that statement. I don't, I don't fully agree with that. I think you can be happy without that. But I think that certainly in my own life, you know, the, the goals that were easy to achieve, like for me, tying my shoes is really easy. So achieving that goal in the morning is not really that satisfying. I, I really love working hard for goals that, that, that require effort and, 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 and I love achieving those. And it, it does make me happy. I know like in our business, we attract people who are like that. Uh, the grittier you are, probably the more you agree with this statement. Like, I love having things that I'm striving for and reaching for, and I love achieving them and then setting new goals and reaching for those. Well, that's, that's what Kaczynski claimed. He divided human goals into three groups. I'll say it before I show it. I don't disagree with his three groups. I, think, I, I, I don't know that I would have thought to group you know, human goals into these three things, and at the same time, how he grouped them, I could get on board with that. Uh, number one, there are goals that can be satisfied with minimal effort. Uh, you know, getting up out of the bed in the morning is not hard for you, so setting that goal, that requires minimal effort. Uh, that would be number one. Uh, number two, goals that can be satisfied with serious effort. You know, I, uh, I, I don't just get up in the morning, but I go run five miles. Okay, well, there's a goal that, that can be satisfied with serious effort. And then number three, goals that cannot be satisfied no matter how much effort one makes. 
Okay. I mean, I never really thought about goals that that way, but I guess like if I have a goal to fly like a bird, I can't actually do that. You know, my, my bones are too dense and my, my, my arms don't flap fast enough. Like I just can't fly like a bird. So that is a goal that cannot be satisfied no matter how much effort I make. I can't actually be a bird. Okay. So I'm with him so far. I'm with him so far. Kaczynski's idea, though, <laughs> this is where he went off, was to destroy existing institutions, getting rid of all technology and let people start over and work on hard problems anew. <laughs> so he's like, this is where the psychosis took over. And I'm not mocking psychosis, but because uh, this was serious. But where his psychosis took over was, okay, things, there are impossible things, or there are things who have already been discovered and what I want to do is blow up all the technology and all the resource that is paying for those things so that we can rediscover them. Do you, do you, do you follow what I'm saying here? Like, what I'm going to do is blow up every light bulb manufacturer, every light bulb, every Home Depot who sells light bulbs. Like, I'm going to blow all of that up. I hope this isn't cut later and misconstrued and ruins my presidency or something. But <laughs> you know how things can do. But, like, I'm going to blow up all light bulb technology so that I can rediscover and reinvent light bulbs. Like, that's, which it doesn't make sense because you, even though you got rid of all that information, you still have the basic concept of maybe how a light bulb works. And so, that was his thought. That was his thought. My question is, what are you doing to avoid tackling new hard problems and goals? What are you doing to, to avoid those things? Kaczynski decided to mail letters that go boom to places that had all this technology. That's a little uh, overboard. But, but you and I, not as dramatic, but we still do it too. Um, this weekend... It's funny, I'm, I'm so grateful that our, uh, our kids are allowed to be back on a soccer field and play. I, our, our two boys, they, they love being with their friends. They love the competition. They love the sport. Like, they love being out there. They love playing. And as a parent, I didn't ever know this as, when I was younger. I never really thought that it would be this much. But I really enjoy watching my kids. You know, I love watching them do what they love to do. And I love watching the, the life lessons they learn through sports and the team interactions, and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, here in Dallas, we're super grateful that our kids are able to practice. Their kids are able to go play again. Um, and our oldest son plays in a league that came out with rules that only one family member per, per uh, athlete could be at, on the field, could be at the game. Uh, others had to wait in the car or just not go at all. So, you know, we flip a coin as to who's going. This Saturday I get to go because it's my birthday. But, um, <laughs> but, like, Wednesday night, Heather went. Saturday morning, 7 a.m. game, I went. Um, but I'm there, and I, I swear I'd read the notice that said you had to be 10 feet from the field. You know, you could sit no closer than 10 feet from the field, and you have to wear a mask the whole time. Like, there's definite rules and social distancing and all that sort of stuff. And, again, I'm just grateful that I get to sit out in the sun and watch my son play a sport he loves uh but then the uh league nazi comes rolling by in her uh golf cart and uh, she's like excuse me sir she's like all mad and she's in between me and the field so she's even shortening the distance between me and other people she said you need to be 10 yards back i was like that's 30 feet you know like <laughs> i was probably 12 13 feet back because i thought i'd give her a little extra room you know She's like, you need to be 10 yards back. So, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to get arrested by the, the Nazi here. So I moved my chair back literally a yard. She's like, that's perfect. I was like, you have no concept of, thir of, of 10 yards. 
30 feet is way more than I'm, than I'm at right now. But she moved on. And I looked at the guy next to me, the parent next to me. I was like, that woman's going to live forever. He said, how do you know that? Because she's already up there. He said, how do you know that? I said, she's got a purpose. She has a purpose. Her purpose, I swear when there's no games, she's riding around in her golf cart at those fields yelling at people who aren't even there. She's practicing for when the games are. And I, I say that a little tongue-in-cheek, but I also anticipate that's probably fairly accurate. She has a goal, and she has a dream, and she's pursuing it. Some people, <clears throat> we get to a place where our dreams and our goals get so hard, we start rationalizing why we can't, uh, can't do it. Or, or we start uh, justifying why we haven't done it already. We, we start um, doing other activities to avoid the activities we know would get us to that goal if we just simply did them. I've talked to a lot of you guys over the last couple of weeks about goals that you have, and some of them are super hard, and some of them seem impossible. And I'm challenging you today to change your thinking about that because it's those very things that you were put on this earth to do. And yes, it seems impossible because it's going to require supernatural help to get it done. And, and you can't see it right now how it's going to get done, but that's the beauty is the chasing of that to where you get to the end, you go, oh, that's how it gets done. Like, you don't know the end of the book until you get there, friend. So, why don't we believe that we can do the hard things? Well, number one, and this is coming from Peter Thiel, and I agree with his statements here. Number one reason we don't believe we can do the hard things is incrementalism. You know, from an early age, we're taught that the right way to do things is to proceed from one very small step at a time, day by day, grade by grade. You go to kindergarten. What's after kindergarten? First grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade. Uh, I was in a second and third grade combination. About two weeks in the second grade, they're like, we're going to put you in a second and third grade combination class. So there was about five of us second graders got put into a class of third graders. And so I really sort of skipped second grade. I had third grade, and I was learning my multiplication tables uh, in, in second grade when normally they were taught in third grade in my elementary school. All right. Well, then I graduated that, that class, and four there were five of us four of them went on to the fourth grade because they just completed third grade i had the same grades they did and they put me in third grade again so in third grade i was completely bored out of my mind <laughs> it didn't make sense to me how i went to third grade and then third grade even though i'd done well at third grade i had to do third grade again well we're conditioned that we go all the way through the grades until we get to 12th grade then maybe you go off to college and then maybe after college you get your master's and maybe after your master's you get your phd or whatever but but there's it's incrementalism what, think about this thought for a second. What if somebody started kindergarten and then like two months from now they got promoted to 10th grade? I mean, there was a chuckle in the room, a couple of them. There, there, there's probably chuckles watching right now. That'd be absurd, a, a kindergarten going to 12th grade. I mean, I mean, my own 14-year-old doesn't look like a ninth grader just yet. You know, that's how odd would a kindergartner look in 10th grade? Oh, my gosh, they'd be like a baby. Yeah, but what if they were ready? Why do we say that they have to go step by step all the way up? Our own promotion guidelines that we say, we recently just changed and said, where if you do this, you can jump all of these and go to the top. I love that because we just destroyed incrementalism. And yet, when I show a new agent how to get promoted from a 55 to an 85, and, and I would like to see that happen in the next week, what they see is, okay, what do I got to do to get to a 60? That's what they see. And what do I got to do to this 65? And then 70, and then 75, and 80, and 85, and 90, and 95. Man, if you're going that route, it's going to take you forever to get to the top. But that's what we believe. We've been conditioned to believe incrementalism is a real thing and that we have to abide by it. In fact, it's, it's uh, a delusion. 
you can go from here to there without all the steps in between. Number two, risk aversion. I might go back to that incrementalism. <laughs> I remember 20 years ago, I, I just had this thought, and I don't know if I've ever said it before. 20 years ago, I had a, a mentor of mine say to me, you know, to get to the, to get to the city hall, you got to go through the city dump to get there. You know, like, it, like it's a, a thing that in order to see success, you first must have failure. But that's not necessarily true. I want to challenge that way of thinking. I mean, I, I know in order for me to be successful, I had to fail. And we failed. And because of that failure, we were able to see success and really appreciate the success that we had. But um, you're telling me Mark Zuckerberg went through the city dump before he became a billionaire? No. He was a college student when he invented Facebook. He, he barely had hair on his chin when he invented Facebook. He's been a billionaire since. Like, no, he didn't go through the incremental stages of self-employment until he became a, a Fortune 500 company. That's, that's not how his path went. So I want to challenge the incrementalism thought of, you, don't, you got started today. It doesn't mean it's going to take you two years to become an agency manager. It took me six months to become an agency manager. It could do the same for you. It doesn't have to take you a lifetime to get to the top contract. You could get that done by the end of this year. You could get that done much, much sooner if you just challenge the thought process of incremental. Now, if you're going to skip those steps, there's got to be some extraordinary effort that happens in there. And, and you know what? A little bit of luck. Some things have to kind of come together at just the right time. You call it what you want to. I'm just using luck as a simple term. Okay? So I, I just... Please, blow this incremental thing up. I, I, don't, I don't want to keep saying blow it up like we're Kaczynski people, but we're blowing the right things up. Number two, risk aversion. We are scared to make mistakes. For some, the prospect of being wrong can be unbearable. It's interesting that in my family, we're genetically predisposed to being right and telling people we're right. And just, you know, like if you go to my, uh, uh, my mother's house for Thanksgiving dinner, there's going to be a large debate about something and you better be prepared. And they, the in-laws have their little corner that they sit in. They go, we're the in-laws. We really, we're not getting in on this at all. Leave that to them. And it's funny, like Heather's sitting right here. She's nodding right now. Like, mm, yeah, it's really, it really does happen. <sighs> and it's funny, like uh, for, for <laughs> I don't want to hear any chuckles in the staff either. I really enjoy being right. I really like it. I, I really, really like it. And yet, I'm not, I'm not scared about making a mistake. I'm not scared about falling down on my face. I'm not, I'm, not scared, I'm not scared of being wrong, and I've been wrong a lot in order to build the business. You, 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 you can't avoid risk. It's, uh, I was reading some stats just the other day, and we're in the middle of this pandemic right now. And, and you, know, you know the net deaths this year in the United States are actually down? We're in the middle of a pandemic, and our net death, the net death rate is lower than previous year. You know why? People are staying at home, and they're not driving. We're having less car accidents. Less people are dying in car accidents. If nothing else, that changed the net death rate this year. Isn't that crazy? And we're all wearing masks concerned about dying from breathing somebody else's air. But we got in our car to go somewhere to wear that mask. And we have a much higher rate, statistically, of dying in that car than we did of breathing the wrong air. <laughs> so it's like we're, we're averting the wrong risk, I think, is what so many of us do. We, 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 we avert the wrong risk. We're not willing to take on the risk that actually is going to get us where we want to go. Instead, we're, 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 we're averting... I don't know if I'm saying this right, but I challenge you to think, look, 
you make a phone call and somebody cusses you out, so what? I say it all the time here in the office. I feel like every day my job is to go to the county fair, pay the man a dollar, and flip over three ducks to see if I get a prize. That's my, that's my day. And sometimes I give that dollar and I flip over three ducks and there's no prize. Guess what I do? I pay another dollar and I flip over three more ducks. There once was a time when there were lots of little rubber duckies laying around the, around the office because I talk about it all the time. I'm just constantly flipping ducks. And sometimes I get a prize and I go, ooh, I got a prize. But I don't stop flipping the ducks. Some people give the man a dollar, they flip over three ducks, and they say, ah, all of them were, were, were losers on that flip. I didn't, I didn't win anything there. I quit. I, I, I don't know how much money we've spent at the state fair on our oldest playing that basketball game, that free throw shooting. Like it's normal, he shoots great on a 10-foot goal, but these things are like 11 and a half feet, but it doesn't look like it. And the, the rings are, the, the, <laughs> the rims of the goals are actually oval. They're not really round. And he doesn't understand how stacked against him it is. But I've spent hundreds of dollars at this point, easily, per year, <laughs> for him to win this big stuffed animal that it's like it's, gets in our way. It's just taking up space. But, but, but you know what? Like he didn't, he didn't understand that because he missed that he had to stop. He didn't, he didn't get that. He thought, I missed. That means I get another try. Like, I get to keep shooting until I make it. I don't mind paying that much money for that dumb prize for my kid to get that lesson. The lesson's more important than the big stuffed animal or whatever basketball he won in that event. I want him to understand that it doesn't matter how many times you fail. Take another shot. There's always another shot. And you can't avoid losing. You're going to lose. So go ahead and embrace it. Embrace. I've heard it so much said in, with top producers. Embrace the suck, man. Embrace how bad it sucks and just move through it. You're not going to avoid the risk. Number three, complacency. Mm. We don't reach for hard things because why reach when you can rest on your past successes? Look, I, here's, here's, here's something I want to I wanna challenge the thought process here. So many people think... Well, Fitz, when I get to your place, when I see your success, when I'm making your money, well, then I could see getting complacent. I submit to you, it can happen today. You make a good annuity sale, you get paid that commission, and you don't do crap for the next six weeks. That's complacency, my friend. That's exactly what that was right there. That happened just then. You didn't reach the pinnacle of success in the industry. You got a good commission check, and suddenly you can't be found for four to six weeks. That's complacency. And I'm not mad at you. It's your business. You do what you want to do. But I'm telling you that if you want to achieve the hard things, and those are really the great things in life. Those are the things that people talk about. Those are the books that are written. Those are the documentaries that are made about the people who achieve the hard things. Nobody writes a, a, a book or a documentary about somebody who sold an annuity. They talk about the, the wealth they generated for themselves and for others in our industry and through our products. That's what documentaries and books are written about. And so you can't go make a sale, get that good commission check and go, I'm good. No, you've just passed the test. Now you're ready for the next one. Keep going. You've got momentum. Don't stop. Complacency <laughs> is such, is such uh, a detriment to us. Where, and it's not like you achieved millions. You just achieved a little bit, achieved just a little bit. And you're like, this is, I'm, I was right here, and now I'm right here, and oh, I can breathe. And now I'm back here, oh, I got to work again. Oh, now I can breathe again. That's complacency. 
You don't know it, but that's exactly what it is. Number four, why don't we believe we can do the hard things? Flatness. We perceive that everyone is as competitive and capable as we are. With that assumption, we ask ourselves, if it could be done, why hasn't someone else done it? We perceive that everyone is as competitive and capable as we are. With that assumption, we ask ourselves, if it could be done, why hasn't someone else done it? You know, over the years, with our association with the Alliance, you know, I've had, um, I, I, Heather and I just have a lot of friends that don't necessarily look like us, and I've had friends that, that have come to me and said, how come people of my skin color aren't in the top 10? Now they are. But back, back in the day, they would come to us and say, how come people of my skin color aren't in the top 10? I go, I don't know. Why aren't they? Like, I don't know the answer to that. Because um, uh, you got leads, you make phone calls, you book appointments, you make sales. You recruit other people, you teach them how to do the same thing. There, there's, no, there's nothing that's holding you back because of anything about your mama and daddy or anything that happened you know, yesterday or anything that's happening tomorrow. It, it's, it really comes down to can you put the numbers on the board? That's what this business comes down to. And, and, and I hated to do it, but to them, I threw back the Rosa Parks card. I was like, well, at one point, you, know, you guys had to ride in the back of the bus, didn't you? And they looked at me like, yeah. I go, well, that changed, right? Yeah, it did. How did it change? Because one person believed that, well, somebody just hadn't tried it yet. And when that epiphany happened, all of a sudden, things started changing. And I think so many of us just think that, gosh, there's, there's people that have come before me that are small, so much smarter than me. Here's, here's what I don't want to see happen. I don't want to see my success keep you from thinking that you can succeed me and do better than me. Just because I've gotten here, well, some people go, well, I, I, can't, I can't get past that. because I mean, I like Fitz, and he seems so smart, and he seems like he's got it all together, and his wife is so pretty, and I'm sure they have a perfect marriage, and you know, like, they never fight, and, and because he's gotten here, I can only get right here. Well, that's stupid. I, I mean, really think about it. Do you really think I'm that much smarter than you? I don't. I'm looking around the team, and I go, we have people who are so much more talented than me if they only knew it. I mean, I don't know how to tell them. I keep telling them. You can totally crush what we've accomplished. I want my kids to do that. I want my children, my actual physical children, to far surpass what we've accomplished in this world. When we're dead and gone, I want that to be a launching pad for my kids. I expect them. I will be disappointed if they don't. Same here. Just because somebody else hasn't done it doesn't mean you can't do it. It just means it hasn't been done yet. Yet. That's a key word. It hasn't been done yet. So go do it. Look, if you think something hard is impossible, you'll never even start trying to achieve it. <laughs> or you'll start blowing things up. <laughs> That's not good either. So stop it. Now, um, believe that the hard is possible. I'm going to end this with a funny video. Many of you have seen it before. Some of you have never seen it yet. And those who've seen it before like the video. We refer to it all the time. Uh, and so this is part of our uh, Fitz Group culture. I will give a disclaimer. This is in no way demeaning or uh, belittling anyone who suffers from any kind of psychological issues. Uh, I've had once in, once in a while people get mad about this. This is funny. So uh, <laughs> just watch it and laugh, and we'll be back in a second. Uh, Dr. Switzer? 
Uh, yes, C come in. I'm just, just washing my hands. Uh, I'm Catherine Bigman. Janet Carlisle referred me. Oh, yes. Still uh, being uh, buried alive in a box. Yes. Yes, that's me. <laughs> Should I lay down? Oh, no, no, no. We don't, we don't do that anymore. Just, just have a seat. And uh, let, let me uh, tell you a, a bit about our, our billing. I, um, I charge $5 for the, for the first five minutes. And, and then absolutely nothing after that. How, how, how does that sound? <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> Too good to be true, as a matter of fact. <laughs> well, I can I can almost guarantee you that that our session won't last the full uh, the full five minutes. Now, um, <laughs> we don't do any insurance billing, so you would either have to pay in in cash or by check. <clears throat> wow. Okay. And uh, and I I don't make change. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and go. <clears throat> go. Well, tell what? me, tell me about the problem that you wish to address. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I have this fear of being buried alive in a box. <laughs> I just, I start thinking about being buried alive, and I begin to panic. Has, has, has anyone ever, ever tried to, to bury you alive in a box? No. No, but truly thinking about it does make my life horrible. I mean, I can't go through tunnels or be in an elevator or in a house, anything boxy. So what, what you're saying is you're, uh, you're claustrophobic. Uh, yes. Yes, that's it. All right. Well, uh, let's go, Catherine. I'm... Uh, I'm going to uh, say two words to you right now. I, I want you to listen to them very, very carefully. Then I want you to take them out of the office with you and incorporate them in, into your life. Well, shall I uh, write them down? Well, it, if it makes you comfortable, it's just two words. Most, we find most people can, uh, can remember them. <laughs> okay. You ready? Yes. Okay, here, here they are. Stop it! <laughs> Stop it? Yes. S-T-O-P, new word, I-T. So, what are you saying? <laughs> you, you know, it's funny. I, I, I say two simple words, and I cannot tell you the amount of people who say exactly the same thing you're saying. I mean, this, you know, this is not Yiddish, Catherine. This is English. Stop it. So, I should just stop it. There you go. I mean, you... you, you you don't want to go through life being scared of being buried alive in a box, do you? I mean, that sounds, sounds frightening. <laughs> yes. Then stop it! I can't. I mean, it's been with me no, since childhood. No, no, childhood. no. No, we, 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 we don't go there. Just, just stop it. So I should just stop being afraid of being buried alive in a box. You got it. Good go. Well, it's only been... It's only been three minutes, so that will be um, uh, three dollars. Well, I, I only have a five, so. Well, I, I don't, I don't make change. Then I, I guess I'll take the full five minutes. Fine. All right. Well, what other uh, problems would you, would you like to address? <clears throat> Whew, uh, I'm bulimic. I stick my fingers down my throat. Stop it. <laughs> 
Don't, don't do that. But I, I'm compelled to. My mom used to call me Fatty. No, no, no. No, we, we don't go there. But I've been having this dream. No, we don't go there either. But my horoscope did say... We definitely don't go there. Just, just stop it. What, what, what else? Well, I have self-destructive relationships with men. Stop it! You, you want to be with a man, don't you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, yes. Well, then stop it. Don't be such a big baby. I wash my hands a lot. That's all right. It is? I, I wash my hands all the time. There's a lot of germs out there. Uh -huh. Yeah, don't, don't, uh, don't worry about that one. I'm afraid to drive. Well, stop it! How are you going to get around? Get in the car and drive, you, you kook! Stop it! You stop it! You stop it! What's, what's the problem, Kathy? I don't like this. I don't like this therapy at all. You're just telling me to stop it. And and you and you don't you don't like that. No, I don't. So you think we're we're moving too fast, is that it? Yes. Yes, I do. All right, then let me uh, let me uh, give you 10 words that I I think will uh, clear everything up for you. Uh, you want you want to get a pad and a pencil for this one? <sighs> Right. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. All right, here are the ten words. Stop it or I'll bury you alive in a box! <laughs> Stop it or I'll bury you alive in a box! Can I help you? Sure would like to. If you're an agent with us, please go to timewithfits.com. That's timewithfitz.com to schedule a time when I can help you directly. Just pick a topic, pick a time, and we'll meet. If you're not an agent with the Fitz Group, I encourage you to go to thefitzgroup.org slash contact. Again, that's thefitzgroup.org slash contact and send us a message. See you next week. <laughs>